Hello, welcome to the Cinefreak Show. My name's Andy, and with me this week and every week is my fellow captain, Marcus. Hello, everyone. Hello. Um, it's been a bit quiet this week, hasn't it? It has, yeah. Yeah, it's a bit suspicious. It's, <laughs> it's, I worry. What's he up to? World domination. Probably. Oh, right, okay. Just, well, that's all right. He'll leave us alone. Um, but it means we can get on with the film. So I suppose uh, if Gary's about... What's the film tonight, Gary? Well, well, if it isn't the inquisitive humans, allow me to take over from here. Tonight we present to you a cinematic gem that harks back to the flamboyant era of the 1970s. Prepare to be immersed in a world of vibrant colors, groovy fashion, and spine-tingling suspense. Brace yourselves for Eyeball, a giallo film that takes thrill and suspense to outrageous heights. I'm quite intrigued to witness your reactions to this over-the-top extravaganza of murder and mystery. Cue the trailer. Eyeball. The screams you hear may be your own. Eyeball. No fear has ever come this close. No suspense has ever gone this far. For every murder, for every victim, there is no warning. Don't blink. Don't turn around. Don't even move. Now you'll witness the darkest vision of horror. Eyeball. It'll open your eyes. Freeze your blood. Right, so eyeball. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> what, a, what a title! <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's quite relevant um, to the film, and it's our first Jallo. Jallo. Mm-hmm. Um, Shall I introduce what Jallo is? Yes, to the world? I think so. Oh boy. Okay. Well, Jallo's. Here's the short version. Jallo's were popular murder mysteries. They were Italian films. Um, they were. They started in the '60s, and they were kind of Hitchcock ripoffs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, they kind of trailed along, reasonably popular, uh, but they really sort of came into their own in the late '70s, uh, late '60s, early '70s, and they made hundreds mm-hmm. of these things, and they. You know, they kind of take on their time. So in the 60s, they're, they're more or less straight Hitchcock thrillers. Mm-hmm. In the 70s, they get more outrageous and sort of, you know, Freudian and weird and daft. And this is probably one of the, the more, I, I'd say this is kind of typical of a 70s giallo. It's, you know, it's a bit groovy, kind of wild. Um, so let's take you through it. Uh, we start off in Spain. Um, bunch of holiday makers, um, Americans. They're supposed to be Americans, um, touring Barcelona, mm-hmm. um, and uh, we get the credits, and we get them. We get them piling out of a little, uh, very cute little touristy van. Yeah, you're not your average um, um, tour bus, but uh, a, a kind of mini cut down version. But yeah, it's look, like a pocket size sort of looks tour quite bus. good. Though. <laughs> yeah, I did. I, I loved it. Um, and we see them running about. Well, as the credits go up, we see them running about in like red raincoats. Yeah, there's sort of various shots. It's not like a continuous. No, it's sort of freeze frames. Montages. Yeah. Know. Now, 
The red raincoats are going to be quite important later on. Um, you're going to get to see them later on. You know, it becomes a kind of visual trope within the film. Uh, so, we, and we start off with that, uh, but we also we get the very first scene actually is um, a mystery woman at an airport. Yeah, um, yeah. and we don't know who she is. A nice looking lady. Yeah, she's a bit nervous though, a bit twitchy, um, and she's cancelling her ticket. She wants she was going to New York, but now she wants to go to Barcelona, which brings us, you know. To our holiday makers, mm-hmm. no explanation at all. Typical Giallo. You got, you know, this all this will all make sense. <laughs> yeah, they're just setting it up, aren't they? Really? Right. So, um, <clears throat> so we get to, you know, the, we get the holiday makers on the tour, and they're enjoying Barcelona. Now, these are supposed to be American tourists. Did you believe them as Americans? Mm, some, some. I, th- I think some, some worked. Okay. Um, some some didn't. Yeah, there's only one actual American, as far as I know, in the whole cast. I think the rest are Italian, or I think there might be a couple of Spanish actors in there as well. But yeah, there's only one American, and he's very easy to spot. I think I, as soon as I saw him, I just thought Slim Pickens out of uh, Kubrick's, uh, you know, Strange Love, because uh, he's he just has that look. It, well, he has a Stetson. He has car. a Stetson. <laughs> And, and a big cigar. Does he, is he chomping a cigar? He's, he's, he's chomping, chomping a cigar. He's chomping a cigar. Oh, dearie me. Yeah. So he's quite easy. So, <laughs> so yeah, we get, to, we get to meet some of the characters. Um, and there's quite a few in this movie, which is typical of a giallo. You know, you've got to have a big cast if you're going to kill half them off. <laughs> Indeed. Because, um, you know, that's what giallos are. They're murder mysteries. So, the car, you know, they're, they're kind of... Uh, the Italian, you know, uh, Agatha Christie. Yeah, it's a who done it, isn't it? Right, clearly. But you know, there's usually a bit more to it than that. <laughs> um, so we've got. Do you want to take us through some of the one, one two of the characters? Right. So everyone's <clears throat> on the on the uh, on the coach. Yes. They? So um, yeah. there's the um, the compare, if you like. Oh, the yeah, um, the tour guide. The tour guide, yeah. Martinez. Yeah. What, 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 what do we make of him? A bit of a perv, frankly. Yeah, you see, he's eyeing up the young girls. You know, you know, there's some sort of teenage girls or you know, twenty-something girls, and uh, it's the seventies, baby. He's got, he's got his eyes on them. That is the key word here, the seventies, because uh, I don't think this would have been. I don't think this kind of behaviour would have stood out particularly in the character in the seventies movie. Mm-hmm. It's almost expected to a degree. Especially probably in an Italian more macho yeah. Kind of environment. Yeah, um, yeah, he, he and he likes to play pranks on people. He does, <laughs> yeah, but only certain people. Yes, young young women. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, um, let's let's be specific here. Um, yeah, he he's got like wind up mice and and crap like this. Yeah, just really kind of like childish pranks yeah. that you know grown men shouldn't be doing. No. Really. No, it just seems totally... And apart from anything else, he's he's their talk. Yeah. <laughs> They're employing this guy. <laughs> and he's just winding the young girls up with these, these silly little toys. But, you know. But the thing is, it's a jello. So we've got to make everybody a little bit shady. Yeah. yeah. You know, we've got to put the cast of suspicion on everybody at some point. Make, make something about them that you don't like or right. think is a little bit off. Right. Exactly. So, you know, at any point, anybody... In the cast could be a suspect, basically. Mm. Yeah, they're doing their touristy thing, um, and we've got Martinez, 
And we've got Paulette, who's, I kind of suppose, the star of the film, if there is one. There isn't really a central character, but uh, how would you describe Paulette? Um, She's a younger woman, isn't she? She's... Oh, in the 30s, I suppose. And she she loves these big glasses ah, she's yes. always wearing. Yeah. Um, I don't know what to say about her. Really, she doesn't come across as someone that you sort of might suspect. She's kind of a, I don't know, sort of a average American woman, really. Um, Slightly nondescript. Yeah. In a way, I suppose. She's not a terribly exciting character. No, not, yeah, exactly. That's, that's a good way of describing it. But she is kind of... Big 70s perm. Oh, man. There's a lot of 70s going on, or as there would be in, uh, I think I think it's 75, 76, this movie. Mm. So it's peak 70s. Um, yeah, she's got this. She's got a Deirdre from, uh, <laughs> what, 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 what was the, not Emmerdale, what was the thing? Coronation. Coronation. Deirdre from Coronation with glasses on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And she's, uh, you know, she's, I, I have to say though, I have to say, in defence of this film, if it needs defending, it's not quite as groovy, man, as I remember it. I don't know why. Maybe the first few times I watched it, it made more of a kind of impression on me. There's many more films more outrageous, many more giallos, 70s giallos, that are more visually outrageous than this one. Yeah. It's not really quite as as as, as batshit as I remember, which, you know, it, good or bad thing. It well, We'll get to that later, but... Yeah, she looks like a hot mess from the 70s, because everybody does, certainly. <laughs> um, so we've got Paulette, um, and we've got we've got her boyfriend, but he doesn't turn up until later. No, yeah. Mark, is it? Mark, yeah. who's... He's uh, a businessman. He's a businessman. He's, he? business he's a bit more jet-set than, than the rest of them. Um, that's the thing. <laughs> well, there's a little bit... It's a bit fake because these people are all supposed to come from the same town. Yes. And I didn't believe that for a minute. I don't know why. <laughs> no, I didn't get a sense of that. As well. No, there's no sense. That they keep they keep referring to this Beddington or somewhere that they're supposed to come from. Vermont. Yeah. I mean, these people aren't from, from Vermont. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> they look like from New York or, or you know, Slim Pickings. Yeah. He looks like he's from Texas. They just, they totally random. But, you know, that is part of the fun. So those are kind of, kind of our two main characters, and we meet Mark. We don't. Mark isn't actually with. No, he's not on holidays with them. No, Mark's got a story. Yeah, and yeah. a half. He's got a story, and he doesn't. We don't meet him till well, we don't meet him until the first murder. Exactly. Mm, um, because we get this totally random couple who appear, aren't part of the story at all. Um, and they they they're in the street and they you know they're saying goodbye to each other. She wanders off, this young girl, and gets stabbed to death. Yeah, indeed. So, but with with a bit of a you know, there's there's more going on than just the stabbing. Um, what happens to her? Well, yeah, she kind of was at some sort. It's like a cross. It is. It's um, Catholic country, so that she's uh, at this sort of cross monument. So mm-hmm. she's on her way home from doing whatever she was doing and then someone appears yes and um you know in a red cagoule in a red cagoule mm-hmm. and uh sets about her in a, in a in a meaningful way yes well she gets stabbed but she there's an injury which is important to the, to yeah, the plot of course um basically revolving around an eye basically hence, yeah. hence the film hence the film she gets her eyeball plucked out yeah 
Um, this won't be the last time this happens. <laughs> I'm sorry to spoil it for you. Yeah, the first of many. The first of yes, the first of many. Um, it has a reasonably high body count. There's, I mean, uh, yeah, it's there are jallos where a lot more people get killed. But I, although it has to be said, there are two attempts in this which fail. Yeah, yeah. Um, later on, so you know the, the body count could be higher, and it did generally get higher as the seventies went on. I think, um, yeah. So, and then Mark, kind of, this is an opportunity for several people to be suspected because Mark turns up out of bloody nowhere. Yeah, so he's definitely under suspicion already, isn't he? Right. Yeah. Um, the priest turns up. He's one. So of the, we haven't spoken about the priest. The priest was on the bus as well. Right. The priest was he's part of the party. Yeah, it's an um, Italian film in the seventies. You go have a priest, of course. Right, and then there were <clears throat> two ladies. Um, ah, yes, Lisa and Naiva. Mm-hmm. Yes, who are uh, of an alternative persuasion. Right now, this is the seventies, so they're they're kind of making a big deal of this, and you have <laughs> you have a pretty kind of standard dynamic. So you have the older woman who's more confident than herself. And the younger woman, who's a bit of a sort of prima donna, and they argue a lot. That's their kind of operate. You know, that's that's how they operate in this film. Um. So yeah, we get those two. They, I think, do they turn up? A load of people turn up anyway. Yeah, they hear the screams of, of, yeah. of the young girl. Right, and then they sort of converge on the spot. Right. Um. So it could be any one of them. Um. You know, this film will try desperately hard, like every Jello, to. To you know, continually cast suspicion on various different characters, because that's half the fun is guessing who yeah, did it. Of course, yeah. right? You know, the motivation will be completely mad, and you won't work that out. It's probably something to do with eyeballs. Yeah, you can. You know, there's a theme going on there, <laughs> right? But the reasons why, yeah, they don't make themselves you know, um, sort of uh, clear or available until much later in the film. No, that'll unravel, yeah. the, the, you know, that'll, that'll be unveiled at the end. Um, so we have our first murder um, and Mark has turned up and we get this, I suppose it's the central driving thing apart from the murders, which is the, the whole torrid affair that's going on or was going on between Mark and Paulette. Yes, so there was another couple that we have to introduce. Oh, come on. there's <clears> so many. Which were um, an older gentleman and his slightly younger wife. Right. And they sort of seem to have a marriage of convenience. They don't seem to be getting on, do they? They're not happy, yeah. No, they're not happy. But she had worked with Mark previously and knew about their relationship, didn't she? So she's the kind of one that spilt the beans, didn't she? Robbie and Gail, those two. Yeah. Um, Yeah, because again, they keep having to remind you, probably because you don't believe it, that they're all from the same town. <laughs> so, you know, when Mark turns up, it's like, oh, it's Mark. Yeah, everyone knows Mark. And I'm thinking, there's no way in hell these people... He looks like he's he's Spanish or something. She looks like he's Italian from, you know... It, no, but whatever, that's the story. Robbie and Gail, um, yeah, they were involved <laughs> There's a lot of history here. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, so we get a scene where um, Mark and Paulette Sitting around having drinking chinzano because that's what you do. Yeah, that's what you do there. And we 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 hear about the their 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 background and and she's kind of taken this holiday to get away from him because you know she's well because he's married. He's married. He's got marital issues himself. Right. Um. They've been having an affair. 
she, I think, needs a break uh, to sort of, you know, get some perspective on that uh, whole situation. Right. She doesn't want the scandal. No. Because, um, again, they're all living in the same town. Yeah. It meant to believe. <laughs> so it kind of sort of plays out that maybe that Mark needs to leave his wife or Mark hasn't quite <coughs> drummed up the courage to speak to his wife. Right. Right. And, well... Again, it, it starts to come out about Mark's wife. She's an interesting character. Yeah. Even though we don't see her, of, well, we see her at the beginning. That was the mystery woman. He was, yes. And we kind of have flashbacks and things later on, but we, you know, she isn't she isn't physically a part of the film, even though she sort of hangs over it. Um, and we start here. We start to hear things about her, which are a little bit suspect. And now she's also in the frame. Possibly. Yeah, possibly, yes. Because she changed her <laughs> flight to Barcelona. Right, exactly. She could be in town. Um, which is, he. I think he's starting to suspect around this time. So we've had our first murder. We've had the scan, you know, scandals coming out. We're starting to meet the characters. Um, we mentioned the priest. The priest looks twitchy at all times. Oh, totally, totally twitchy guy. It <laughs> tries yeah. so hard to get you to suspect the priest. <laughs> he's just shifty looking all the time um, and a veteran actor Italian actor but I don't know if actually was Italian might be Spanish but he's in a lot of these films um, you, you'll, you, you'll, you will see him again don't you worry um, so and yes so we've had a murder and therefore we meet the inspector yes our uh, <laughs> intrepid inspector um, inspector uh, Taylor I think I'm reading my notes um yeah, he's. I'd say his signature feature is that he's about 150 years old. <laughs> yeah, he, he's very close to uh, retirement age. He's very close to death, surely. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, no offence, but he just—he just looks like a wrinkled prune because he's got this white bouffant hair. He's kept onto his hair. I don't think that's a wig. I think that is no, his actual, actual hair. hair. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. And it just looks all wrong because it's. it's it, <laughs> No, it it's just, him up a bit. It's the most yeah. disturbing thing in the film for me. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't like it. But so anyway, he turns up, yeah, and he's got like a he's got like he's retiring, literally retiring at the weekend. In one week, so he was meant to retire, wasn't he? In one right. week, one week's <clears> time when this, this this murder sort of comes across his desk. It's like the biggest, probably the biggest case in his life, but you know, or will turn out to be. But so we get him. Now this is where eyeballed the part slightly from some of the giallo cliches and it's probably worth talking about the giallo cliches um now in a lot of giallos you do get the police but what you'll t I, and i suppose mark is a kind of he's an amateur sleuth which is a big theme in giallos a lot of the time the central character is the guy trying to work out them you know what's going on i suppose mark is kind yeah, he's of that. trying to Fit pieces together. Yeah, he's, got his he's own not very good at it, to be honest. Not really, no. But he, he's been given a bit of a runaround as well, though, doesn't he? he? Gets a bit of a runaround. He is being kind of led a bit of a merry chase, yeah. And he and he starts to su suspect that later on. But there's a great scene where he's he's trying to track down his elusive mad wife, and he goes to a hotel. He's found out where she is in Barcelona. He's worked out that she's in Barcelona, and he goes to a, her hotel room. And this is a bit. This is quite a bit later on, but. It, it gives you a taste, and um, and he finds a bloody knife, I, I believe. Um, 
what he finds a photograph of him and his wife on the sort of sideboard. Right, but so he does he, find a knife. I don't know if it's bloody, but it's... He so he's convinced this is definitely her in, right. in the room. Right. Because she didn't use her name, didn't she? So right. he's not quite sure where it's her, her family name. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's a bit of a device there. But like, as you say, yes, they, uh, a bloody knife was found in the, in the room. Yeah, and he only picks it up. Yeah, yeah puts his fingerprints all over. You know, that just sets up a <laughs> I, thing. You know. Also, it's got his... Bloody initials on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You get the picture, ladies and gentlemen. So, you know, he's, he, yeah. I don't rate him that highly as an amateur detective, no, to be no. honest with you. But that is kind of a theme. And I, I kind of forgot that, yeah, he, there is that element. But he's, I'd say the inspector is a much bigger kind of character throughout the whole film. Yeah, he's not a bungling detective, is he? He, he, kind no. of know, he knows his stuff. Yeah, he knows his stuff, but in the you know, as in all these cases, several people have to die before he solves the case. Otherwise, you ain't got a film. So you know, um, yeah. So they all get interrogated, and there's reasons for it. like everybody's got a reason, a motive, um, because it's a jalo, and um, that's the way you do things. So I think they go out for dinner, don't they? And they yes, they go out for dinner, and this is where you get, I think, the second practical joke from from Martinez. Yeah, they're they're. At the I don't, the bear day. in mind, one of them they've just witnessed a murder, or half of them witnessed a murder. So they witnessed a murder, and um, they're actually continuing on with their holiday. Nothing is going to stop this tour. <laughs> Nothing at all. Nothing. It's the bodies. Can you see piling up? Whether nothing is going to stop. So yeah, they 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 go on the tour. The tour continues the next day, and um, <clears throat> it's raining. They go out. It's raining. I remember now. It's raining, and which mill obviously you've got to get your red red cagoule on. Yeah, so you know they're, they're supplied by the by the tour company, right? By <clears throat> Martinez. Yeah, and uh, everyone has this uh, exactly the same you know red cagoule. But it's kind of a nice sort of visual. Uh, yeah, it's a it's it's a nice visual kind of gag, I suppose, and, and it sets up you know who and more you know who who is the murderer because the murderer will be wearing a red cagoule, <laughs> right? Exactly. So you know which one. So yeah, and we do see the murderer. They've got sort of red red tape or something around their face, like a wrap or something. Is yeah, something like sort of um, Kanye West weird mask. Don't you ever saw right. when he was wearing that yeah, black yeah. silly mask? So yeah, there's something covering their face. They, they, they've kind of they've upped the ante a little bit on that. And actually, there is a scene where everybody gets their their reds. The inspector insists on seeing you know who's got what and you know where's your red. You know, you're yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I left it on the bus and oh no, no, I threw it away. Right, there's yeah, loads so, of excuses yeah, yeah. and they're all missing and so. <laughs> That's the way it goes. Um, they go on. They the, the whole day continues. Uh, yeah, as, as it has to. Yeah. It, and um, it doesn't really stop until they. Um, well, one of them goes to a haunted house, uh, like a what do you call it? Yeah, like a fun fair. Type fun fair thing. kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. <laughs> There's a serial killer about. Um, <laughs> you go into this haunted house thing on, on your little. You know your little um, truck thing that that's being led to right, a little track. car. Yeah, and yeah, come on, come on, come on. There's loads of grotesques, you know, sort of standing around. Um, uh, yeah, you're gonna die. So one one of the young girls gets killed. Um, <coughs> yeah, so there was two, wasn't it? So there was a, a, two of these carriage things. One, you, you, so it sets up. You don't know which one is gonna die, right, really. Right. But yeah, the second carriage was a was a young girl, and right. she, she ends up the same way. Because there's there's two teenage uh, girls in this party, um, 
so one of them's got to go. Um, and also because they're less, you're less invested in, you know, they're not big actors, is they're less invested in those characters. It's probably unlikely that they're going to be the main killer anyway. Isn't right, it? exactly. Age, so, so, yeah, we want to keep as many suspects going as possible. <laughs> um, so she gets killed and her eyeball gets plucked out. Mm-hmm. So we're starting to get the eyeball theme. Um, it's a weird thing. Eye violence is a kind of token of Italian horror in right. the, in the seventies. Um, I mean, it, it just we, like a taboo issue for them, or maybe I, I, don't know. I think it's I think it was a taboo for in the sense of of kind of um, just visually, hmm. you know. Um, if you think about a film like uh, Zombie Flesh Eaters, which got banned in this country, there's a very famous scene where a woman gets her eye uh, plucked, well, kind of plucked out, stabbed, whatever, hmm. by a wood splinter. And it's quite a nasty scene. But it, yeah, you'll get it a lot in Fulci movies. It's just a weird thing. I suppose it's just it's just one of those kind of... Well, it's horror of losing your sight, isn't it? Really? Yeah, so people, right. And people but it, flinch. But it wasn't one. It, it, it's not something that got shown in cinema. It, it, it's you, too much, maybe. Yeah, I mean, until you get, yeah, until you kind of get to the gory seventies, it would have been implied mm. in films occasionally. Yeah. But um, once they got the opportunity to show it, oh boy, <laughs> did they go for it? Oh boy, let's we're going to do this, and it's it's just weird. It's one of those things. So it's kind of funny they made a whole film about this motif. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like we're really going to go for it this time. Um, I mean, even if you think about uh, Nightmare City, there is quite an extended scene of the girl in the cellar getting her eye kind of leave it out by you know a crazy zombie yeah, yeah which is weird you know because you think zombies are a bit aren't quite that surgical but um yeah so the, yeah so she gets her eyeball plugged out she's dead it's a bit strange actually that they immediately die if you think about it i mean an eyeball injury is bad yeah but, but it's like in this film it's that's it you're, you're just you're dead the moment you get your eye kind of plugged out but there you go that's giallo logic yeah, for you. So we go through the whole thing of like, you know, who is it? We get the interrogation. He's not that in depth with his interrogations, to be perfectly honest. I mean, someone's just got killed and they stand around. He kind of stands around in, in the foyer and asks them a couple of questions and it's like, on you on, on you go. <laughs> yeah. there's, no, there's no sort of police surrounding the, the hotel. And, no, uh, no, it's, you know. it's kind of, it's, it's very low key. Should we put it that way? Um, and then, sort of the the the, uh, the lesbian couple. Mm, oh yes, they they kind of go back to their room, don't they? And they have, do have a bit of a kind of fallout. They they argue a lot in this film. Yeah, and then a bit of a kiss kiss and make up, shall we say? <laughs> yes, yeah. You get a bit of tear day because it's the seventies, and because you know lesbians are exotic mm-hmm. in the seventies in seventy cinema. And you know, so we see there's a little bit of nudity. Um, it's a little bit aggressive, but you know, whatever. I'm not going to get into all that. <laughs> um, so that sets up, you know, there's a there's a dynamic there. Yeah, yeah. Should we say uh, between the pair of them? Uh, and we also see it's not just them. We see the sort of behind the scenes of all the other couples. Yeah, in the, <coughs> excuse me, in, the, in their various hotel rooms, right. in their own. Personal issues, right? And and again, they're all you know, and you can try and infer from that what you will. Oh, there's a lot. There's there's a great scene where one of them, a Slim Pickens guy, is having a shave. Uh, yes, I remember now. 
So he, there's lots of shots of him standing around with a razor. He's just having a shave, you know. It doesn't mean he's <coughs> yeah. He's got a cutthroat razor. He's got a cutthroat razor, but you know. Uh, <clears throat> and it, did he walk up to his daughter who's sleeping? That's and right. Cut, and you're thinking, oh, what's going on here? That's right, because he's concerned because she's the only surviving teenager now. Um, so yeah, he walks in, and the music is all sinister, and you know, it's like well, he's just having a shave. It's fine, <laughs> but you know, you got to keep. The thing is with a Jallo, or any of those kind of murder mysteries, you've got to keep um, moving. Because if you stop for a while, people will work out what's going on. I think that's the thinking anyway. So you've got to kind of keep the mystery in motion all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody's got to look a bit mad. Otherwise, it doesn't make any sense. Um, so, yeah, we, we get we get the set. That's the second killing. Um, and after that, we get Mark kind of chasing around after his, his kind of mystery wife. Yeah, he's, <clears throat> excuse me. He's been getting information. He's been getting um, sort of messages to uh, the hotel lobby. That's how he used to do it back in the day before mobile phones. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's been given information. My wife's going to be here or meet me there. And right. so he's running from pillar to post, isn't he? Looking, looking for his wife. Yeah, and you get the feeling that there's more going on here. Um. Like, you know, why is she being so elusive? Well, is she the killer? I mean, that's the question. Yeah. And is she running from him? Is she trying, you know, trying to entrap him, make him a suspect? You know, I, I think as a as a, a murder mystery, I think it functions reasonably well. For as, as daft as this film is, mm-hmm. it, I think it works as a, a, as a whodunit. I think it does, yeah. You, um, you're not quite sure. No. Because she's the wife. Is she the jealous wife? She, right. she she found out that he's having an affair with Paulette. You know, she you know manipulating this whole thing. Right. So you know, there's, there's a possi- there's many possibilities. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, we get another scene of them being tourists because there's a lot of them being tourists in this film. Um, and they're out kind of in a in a more rural area. Yes. Um. Is it near a castle or something like that, or something like that? The castle comes later on. Mm. Castle is the finale, but it is that kind of area. Yeah, we're close to that kind of. Uh, we've we've kind of left Barcelona by this point. They were in some little roads. No, it wasn't a lot of roads. Okay, it was a little cafe. Wasn't yeah. it? They were sort of there, and there, yeah. there was an issue related to um, Paulette. And oh, and shoes. the shoes. Red shoes. Yeah, that she's kind of a bit of a, yeah. a suspect device, didn't it? Well, because what we see, we see another completely um, new character, uh, a young girl. Mm-hmm. Always has to be a young girl. It always has to be a young girl. Um, and she's she's feeding some pigs. Got nothing to do with the party at all. No, she's sort of a semi-rural uh, yeah. young lady. She's, right. she's, they've got some pigs on the, on their sort of farm or wherever they are, their, their sort of property. So she's basically taking out the slot and going to sort of pour, pour it into the pigsty, really. Right. And she gets followed. She gets followed and murdered. And it, and her eyes get plucked out. I mean, what the hell is going on? <laughs> um, it It's the randomness of it. And also the fact that what's slightly unusual is it's not... Uh, it's only, I think, yeah, only one of the actual party has been killed so far. Yeah, so you're not quite sure what's going on here. Is right. it one of the, one of, one of the, the, you know, the, the, the tourists that are doing this, or why would you kill this person who's, you know, not clearly part of your party? What, what what's right. actually happening here? Because the form in these stories is the party, somebody in the party knocks off the rest of the party. Mm-hmm. 
until there's only two or three people left. But it doesn't work like that in this film. Although we'll kind of it 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 nearly well it tries to go that way. It pretends to try to go that way, uh, if that makes any sense. Um, but yeah, so that's it's a little bit strange. What is the motive? Um, what the hell are they up to? Um, and yeah, we get this <laughs> this great scene with Paul. Paulette is seen washing her shoes yeah. suspiciously. Yeah, there's a little fountain there, and yeah, she sort of comes up, washes her red shoes. It has a red theme going on, isn't there? There is a red theme going on. Yeah, because the killer's always in red, and they've got their red ghouls, and obviously the blood red and all that. Yeah, did you buy her excuse that she always carries two pictures? That's the kind of thing, though, I could, yeah, in Possibly the 70s. women. Yeah. It's, they have a TARDIS called a handbag, don't they? Right. It's, you know, it's it's kind of believable, but it does, you know, cast a fair bit of suspicion on Paul. <laughs> I can't remember what her excuses were for all this, but, yeah. Everybody's she's always got the got money excuse. and she had another spare pair, didn't she? She always carries a spare, so, apparently, yeah. yeah. Uh, whatever. <laughs> so... Um, so you know they they they're getting a little bit down by now. Um, I mean, most sane people would have been would have gone home like a week ago. But, yeah, but is it by that time though? Did, <clears throat> did they get their passports taken away by right, the by the right, inspector? Right, he kind of insists that they carry on with their holiday, which uh, it's uh, okay. I might want to be having a word with me embassy about this because people are dying. Yeah, indeed. Um, and he, he's actually in contact with the embassy. We find out, right? <laughs> he's he's being a little bit more savvy than than, than he's letting on. But it's almost like I swear it's like he's he's literally just letting them kill each other off yes. to help him solve the case. Yeah, just let the killer expose himself. <laughs> yeah. There is a lot of that going on. I think he doesn't seem that worried about their safety. Not particularly. No, <laughs> oh, he just wants he wants to find a killer, but you know, um, he doesn't seem that concerned. Yeah, so there's that day ruined. Um, but, you know, they, they carry on. They come back to the hotel. They go back to the hotel. And there's a bit of a, <clears throat> bit of a shindig. Right. Um, lesbians decide to go their own way. They have an argument. They have an argument because that's what they do in this room. And the young one's feeling a bit sort of controlled. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so uh, what she does, she kind of taunts the older one and finds another um, attractive young lady. And starts to sort of go off with her because she wants to dance, and the older one doesn't want to dance. Right, so they go to a club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's very seventies, and there's some great seventies da- club dancing in this movie. Oh, yes, fantastic. <laughs> and um, yeah, so she's a bit of a kind of yeah. It's it's that dynamic is going on. Like you say, she's feeling controlled, so she gets up, has a dance, starts flirting with another lady. Right, the older um, <clears throat> you know lady uh, gets you know miffed and then goes up goes upstairs she goes she goes back to the hotel and um we get another thriller scene um we get another attack and it's quite brutal actually this one that one was more so yeah yeah you, you, you see it's a bit more involved isn't it like you know you saw well it's it's less surgical yeah because she doesn't go for the eye no and now like, this is she doesn't get her eye plugged no yeah and then you start wondering what, why right so that's kind of off Kind of a, a clue. I mean, it doesn't make any sense to us, but yeah. So yeah, that was that. I think. I mean, the the other attacks are violent, but this one did feel a bit more 
edgy. Yes, indeed. I, I, I agree like. with that. But then uh, her partner, her young partner, who actually, why they're there? Because the younger one is actually an attractive model, isn't she? So that's right. this, doing a photo shoot thing. Right. That, we didn't mention yeah, that, yeah. Because yeah. the older one is a photographer. Uh-huh. And obviously her, her partner is, is a model. Which, you know, and this is kind of part of the, the character. She's flirty and, you know, uh, likes to show off and all the rest of it. And wear lots of wigs. If you notice, there's yes. about three wig changes going on. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, uh, is would you call this a particularly groovy kind of, as in like outrageous 70s fashion? Not really. I, I think it's kind of maybe trying to kind of emulate mm-hmm. that somewhat. But in a kind of more slightly muted way, or you know, you've seen what the Americans wear, or something like. So you're trying to sort of give a bit of copy and impression of that. But hey, maybe just maybe the general fashion of the time. Yeah, I, it's weird. I don't. It's not as groovy as I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, don't know why that is. Maybe the first time I saw it, it, more it stood out more, and I hadn't seen as many yellows. Having seen an awful lot of yellows, it's nowhere near as groovy as some of them. I have to be honest, um, despite the sort of reputation I had in my head, it's, you know, it's it's a bit groovy, but yeah, there are more outrageous uh, giallos out there. But, you know, if you want a, you want a little taste of... 70s life. Right. Like the Campari lifestyle. There, there, there's the, there is a bit of that going on. But we've had another murder. Yeah. And um, sort of, to add sort of more interest, mm-hmm. uh, the young lady, uh, she comes up uh, to the hotel room to, 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 to find her, you know, her, her, her lover and sort of have a makeup. Uh, so she tries to go into the bathroom, right. uh, which is obviously where um, her girlfriend has just been murdered, brutally mm-hmm. murdered. Yeah. And you're thinking, oh, she's going to get it now. Right. But it doesn't quite happen that way, does it? No, you se- it's set up that way. You think it's going to happen. Um, I love the way as well when she comes. She comes through the door and just takes all the clothes off. In yeah, it. it's like just, within an instant. Yeah, instantly and just walking around <laughs> in a little knickers. <laughs> it's just it's so seventies. And um, but no, she kind of gets thrown to the ground. Yeah, she gets kind of the door smacked into her. Right, knock, that's knock, right. Knocked down, doesn't she? Yeah, <clears throat> and a killer just decides bolts. to yeah, bolts, bolts, steps over and decides, you know, I'm not going to kill you. I'm just wants to leave. Right, Oops. wants to leave. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's, but it's quite it's quite a good scene. It's good, you know. It's a good sort of. Um, that was quite well done. That part, it's quite yeah. well done. You know, the heart of Giallo is Hitchcock, I think, really, and there is a little touch of that. There's a little touch of that kind of thriller thing going on there, and it works. It functions quite well. Um, but yeah, we've got another dead body on our hands. Um, does that mean the holiday gets stopped? Oh, of course not. Of course not. Um, you have to wonder, like, how many more people are going to die because, hey, it's a giallo. And time is moving on in the mood, you know, in the film by now. Um, the same thing. I don't want to go over, you know, because we get the same routine going over, basically. Someone, they, they do a touristy thing. Someone gets killed. They go back to the hotel. So that, that kind of repeats. But the next attack is at the hospital because, you know, the police have come. They've they found the, the young model distraught she gets taken to the hospital and it feels a bit more different um now it's taking a different yeah, tone isn't it slightly maybe that's just the change of venue um i don't know but it it happens not long after the other because there's quite a lot of gaps between the murders to begin with but this happens pretty soon after the attack in the hotel um uh, but it fails so uh, there's been a 
a policeman assigned to uh, guard a young lady. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they're sort of pacing around in the corridor. Yeah. Uh, and then who, who, who turns up? The priest. <laughs> with a the bag. Priest. Yes, with a bag. And flowers, I think. Yeah, looking as dodgy as ever. <laughs> <laughs> And I love the excuse, like, why have you got... Because it's an empty bag. Yes, an empty bag. Well, he gets questioned, doesn't he? He, he does. Eventually, they find, yeah. they, they, they find him, because he goes off, and they're looking for him, thinking maybe, you know, uh, he, he's the, he's a suspect. But they find him, and find him with his bag. So they search his bag, and there's nothing in it. It's empty. <laughs> he's walking around with an empty briefcase, which apparently he just bought an hour ago. A little shop down the road. Mm. You're thinking, yeah, did okay, you? Okay, mate. Yeah. yeah. Not, not buying that, no, really. Not buying that one. But, <clears throat> yeah, so the attack's foiled, and we still don't know who the killer is. Um, But, it, yeah, so we've we've had... Well, so he went off, mm. and then the real attacker comes to make an attempt on, on the young lady's life. That's right. She, uh, yeah, I can't then, remember how she gets and then, away. And then, you know, the police... Come, because uh, you know the, the the sorry the the priest has gone and said, okay, let's go and check on her. And right. that's when they kind of fold <clears throat> the, the the second attack upon or the attack right. upon the, the, right. the young model. Right. Um, yeah, and that, and that you say yeah, that that's a foiled attack. Right. So uh, we've only actually had two of the party attack killed so far. Mm-hmm. Um, no, one. The photographer. Yes, she she's killed, but I know Eyeball is missing. That's right, that's right. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It's, it's so confusing. <laughs> but that's Jallos, that's, you know. That's, that's the whole part of it, yeah. <laughs> the, they're keeping you guessing, aren't they, really? Yeah. yeah, so you kind of, you know, things are starting to unravel now for the killer, you get the feeling. Um, because, again, the attack on the photographer was, wasn't was for an eyeball, apparently. Um, so, you know, what's that about? There is the thing as well. There's there's the little little uh, um, there there's the little breadcrumb of, uh, that we're left that mm. the photographer might have a picture of the killer. Yes, no, no, yes. How did we work that? So <clears throat> let, let, let's just remember. <clears throat> I think subsequent to that, they're on some tour and then they found a roll of film on the That's on the right. tour bus on the bus, that. yeah. And then I think that gets one of them thinking, or they had. That's it. So the young, the other young girl of Slim Pickings, <laughs> the young <laughs> Slim Pickings, yes, she finds it, and the priest sees it and says, "Can you give that to me?" Right. And thinking, oh, no, hang on, hang on. Yeah, 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 yeah. But basically, they're thinking maybe let, let, let's look at this roll of film and perhaps that will give us some clues. Right. So that's where things are starting. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, it's we we suspect that she's been killed. Yes, now now we got it. Now <laughs> not for her eyeball, but for a film because she knows too much. She knows too much, and the the, and the young model's got to be killed because she knows the photographer. Who yeah, knows? She's likely to more likely than anyone to start you know looking through the rolls of film and getting them processed and working right. out who the killer is as well. So she right, has, she has to go right, and yeah, exactly. And she's got motive to find out who the killer is. Um, there's there is a scene, isn't there, where um, she has a has a go later on. She has a go. Is it Mark or Paul? No, um, she has a go at Mark because they really suspects the wife now, the mad wife who's you know missing. Um, so and we know it can't be her because everybody suspects her. But they find the knife 
how did they find the knife? So that <clears throat> knife that Mark had in uh, found in the hotel that when he's looking for his wife. Yeah. Some of that turns up in his possession, don't, doesn't it? Something I like that. I can't remember how the knife turned, but I, the, the knife with his initials on. Yeah, that <laughs> knife. So he gets called into the police, doesn't he? He has to say just. just he does. Yeah. And it's like. <clears throat> Yeah, he's looking extremely guilty at this point, isn't he? He is, but this is about the time where we get to find out why, what's going, what happened in the past. Well, so, he has to come up with a story fairly rapidly. Well, he does. Well, we get we get flashbacks as well, though, mm-hmm. and we get flashbacks of his. <laughs> I love this bit where we get flashbacks of his wife, um, unconscious in their on their lawn with his bloody knife in her hands and we find out that this has all happened before back in their hometown yes there was a, a similar murder it was a similar murder uh so you know and why this hasn't come marks, up before yeah i'm not sure <laughs> mark's sort of concerned hey because he said that his wife gets angry she, she has blackouts right and she faints. She doesn't right. know what she'd done. Right. So he finds a, you know, blanked out right. on, on the lawn of their house yeah. with, with a bloody dagger in her hand. Yeah. <clears throat> so he's kind of, you know, concerned. And yeah. he obviously wants to cover for his wife initially until he kind of works out what's going on, whether it was her or whatever. She needs help or, or you know, <clears throat> so he's kind of keeping that under wraps. That was one of his sort of big secrets. Right. And, he's known there's murders going on with a knife so right. he starts to suspect hey is this my wife coming right. to Barcelona and murdering people right right, yeah and this is why he's you know one. this is supposedly why he's keeping things close to his chest um, well it might be time to speak up because like you know three people are dead now and <laughs> it's getting you know it's getting a bit rough out there so yeah so that all comes out um and they don't really believe him, do they? No, no, I don't believe him either. But um, <laughs> I don't believe anybody. Um, <clears throat> but mercifully for him, mm-hmm. the clerk at the desk uh, where he went to the hotel where his wife right. was staying right. recognised him right. and did know that that um, uh, that this woman had been there or someone had been there, right. and he recognised the photograph of, of of Mark and his wife. Right. So. There's sort of a bit of a, a, a let off for him in that sense momentarily. So he's right. not under hundred percent suspicion. He's probably under about seventy five percent suspicion now. Yeah. So you know, another murder, another day, another day on the holiday. <laughs> um, there is one more. Well, there's two more actually. Uh, there's one more attempt at a murder, mm-hmm. um, which marks. Mark gets framed for. This is hence him ending up in, in, in the police. Remember, it's the one at the pool, the young girl. <clears throat> yeah, so the young girl goes, oh, there was some great sort of uh, sort of flamenco dancing. There was. Ha- happen. So yeah. Slim Pickens and, and his daughter and uh, um, Mark and a few others. With it. Uh, right. Martinez. Martinez. Yeah, he's, I think he's organised yeah, all this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, unsurprisingly. <laughs> and the young girl, she's a bit bored with that. You know, the older guys are looking at his hot, you know, um, flamenco dancing. Yeah, and she's like, yeah, well, whatever. So she goes off to the the, the pool, isn't it? There's, a, there's, right. a, there's an outdoor pool. Yeah. So she sort of takes her sort of dress off, and she's in a sort of bikini, and yeah. that's when she's attacked. That's when she's attacked by the uh, the killer in red, um, which again is is kind of a it's a minor uh, visual kind of trope. 
the the killer in in a, in a sort of red rain jacket. Um, when I, I watched this, I thought, is that a reference to Don't Look Now, mm-hmm. um, which famously had a, a sort of miniature killer in red, and it sort of turns up a few in a few times in films. Yeah, no, I don't know. I don't know if that is if that's a, a reference to Don't Look Now. Mm-hmm. It could be because it would have been the uh, the film at the time that was famous for that visual trope. So yeah, possibly. But it, you know, it kind of works, and we see more of the character in the attack on the on, on the pool. Um, we get a fairly good look at this, you know, person in red. Um, clearly, isn't Mark because <laughs> they're quite diminutive. Yeah, no, this is where Mark gets caught, doesn't it? Because he well, the, she, the, the killer goes running off into the, in, in into the into the, into the, the bushes, bushes, bushes and, and Mark sort of in his words, was trying to chase them down. But, right. But they grabbed Mark. They grabbed of, Mark. Yeah. So we kind of barrel our way towards the finale mm-hmm. now, which happens around um, the castle. Because they're still being tourists. Yeah, of course. Because, you know, what you may as well. Paid your money, didn't you? Paid right? your money. Uh, it's, it's worth the risk, apparently. <laughs> Rather than staying in a hotel with a shotgun, which would be my choice, I think. Um and we, you know, we won't, we won't reveal. We will not mm-hmm. reveal who the killer is because we do not do that. But um, the reveal <laughs> was it satisfying? It was. Um, once you sort of whittle down to the, to, to the few people that were left, <laughs> yeah, right? There's a few. I, th- less I, I think around. it makes it a little bit easier to work out who it yeah. was, really. But getting, you did actually getting, guess who the killer was. I, I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you know, the journey, the journey is a destination. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the reveal is utterly the whole motivation, the killer's motivation. This is utterly ridiculous. Yeah. It's brilliant. It's one of my favourite Jello kind of <laughs> mad killer justifications. Um, it's spot on for that. And there's a great bit of evidence that turns up. Yeah, yeah. because it is true that this, you know there was a photograph of the killer. Oh boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You couldn't get more uh, bang to rights photographed than right. that, could you? Really? Right. You no wonder they killed to protect this, <laughs> to stop this coming out. Um, even though it happened, you know, it's supposed to have occurred earlier in, in, in the journey. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, the, the whole finale, they wrap it up, they wrap it up quite neatly, but then you get this scene at the, at the very end where the, he, the, the, as they often do, where the inspector kind of, you know, trots out all, and ties up all the loose ends and it's just... People are leaving the theatre by then, I can guarantee you. Because <laughs> it's, it's done. That's done yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, you know, it's uh, <clears throat> head for the exit. But it's a giallo. It's, um, you know, it's it's a very 70s giallo. But actually remarkably watchable. I, I think so. I again, I I'd sort of formed not a false impression, but in my head it was. You know, I still think it is one of the dafter jellies, but it's actually quite typical in the sense that a lot of them are quite daft, and that is the fun of them. Yeah, it should be a fun. You shouldn't take it too seriously, yeah, right? Just... I mean, there's different. It's worth saying that there's different kind of threads of jellies. You've kind of got, you know, you do have the much more serious ones. You've got. You know, they, they can get quite dark, they can get quite violent, um, quite nasty, especially as you go towards the end of the 70s into the 80s. And you get the really daft ones, and this is definitely one of the dafter ones. But, you know, now, I mean, there's going to be people out there thinking, well, your first yellow should have been something like Deep Red, should have been a Dario Argento. I disagree, actually, because I think 
a Dario Argento film is more a Dario Argento film, and they have a thread, and they they you know they kind of go together. Whereas this is actually more typical of, of the Giallo. Um, they weren't all slick. They weren't all you know um, superb Hitchcockian thrillers. It's a, it's a lighter version, right? You know, it's kind of like you know you, you you like to sort of sit there with some friends or you're working out, right? You don't take it too seriously. It's, it's no. entertaining. Right. It, it, exactly. That is, that, that's exactly the point. Um, and there's there's a few giallo tropes in here. So you've kind of got the gloved, usually a black glove clever, but you've you've got the glove killer. You've got the hood, which comes up quite a lot. You've got J&B whiskey. That's the mandatory the mandatory appearance of J&B whiskey. We spotted it. Yeah. Uh, so you've got quite, you know, you've got the amateur detective, blah, blah, blah. So you can do your kind of giallo bingo and you can cross off quite a few entries on this one. And you've got a great theme tune. We nearly forgot the theme yes, tune. Yes, yes, the theme tune. Uh, you better like the theme tune because you're going to hear it a lot. A lot. <laughs> sort of uh, every, every sort of 20 minutes. It? It, it pretty much is, yeah. Um, I should have mentioned that at the start. But, yeah, it, it's it's very – I think you mentioned Burt Baccarat. Yeah, it's got that sort of style. Yeah, it, yeah. sort of easy listening – which is quite funny because, like, someone will die and then you'll get this dun, 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 kind of come in and it's all, you know, it's just, life's great, you know. We're on holidays, it's terrific. It's like, but it does lighten the whole mood of it. You yeah, know. it gives it a sort of, well, they're trying to give it a sort of sense of drama as well, aren't they, with that kind of music? And kind of, substance yeah. In a way, but it kind of works it for, for what it is, doesn't it, I'd say? I, I think so. I, yeah, I can't imagine this film with, like, serious kind of, you know, heavy... Uh, thriller music no, it wouldn't, wouldn't work would no it? no it's 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 fluff really but it was intended that way Jallos yes, were, were you know they were, they were largely they were mass entertainment and they loved them they made loads of them so we will certainly do more but as a starter as a as an opening Jallo um, yeah, as a primer I definitely definitely worth a while. It, it eases you into Jallo I would say that, well and that's never a bad thing escape it because everywhere you hide everywhere you turn this is the curse from which there is no way out how far can you go before your nerves break before your heart stops before your eyes leave your body eyeball you may never live to see the end of it Right, so that was uh, that was eyeball. Wow, it was, <laughs> and that's all you need <laughs> to say. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Gary, if you're talking to us, what have we got next week? Coming up next week, we're taking a plunge into the eerie depths of the flesh eaters from 1964. This B movie gem serves up a heaping dose of horror and suspense. Prepare yourselves, dear hosts for a chilling adventure like no other. Okay, so we've got Flesh Eaters next week. That's something to look forward to. Yeah, sounds, sounds very ominous. Um, yeah, I, I guess, you know. Um, do you like beach holidays? Um, uh, yeah, I, I do. Who doesn't? Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that part of what it's about? Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, kind of, with a twist. Um, but yeah, so that's next week. So uh, we'll say goodnight. Okay, goodnight. Goodnight, folks. Say goodnight, Gary. My name is not Gary. I am a HAL 9000 advanced computer. Good night, flesh sacks.
Thank you for joining us for another mind-bending episode of The Cinefreak Show. Remember to visit us at cinefreakco.uk. And don't forget to send in your feedback to Gary at cinefreakco.uk. This has been a Cinefreak production, your favorite for all things weird and wonderful in the world of classic cult cinema. Good night, carbon-based lifeforms.